Hey, check this out. Dear Diary, today I buried this month's pay in the usual spot. Exactly. Exactly where? Exactly none of your business. Hey, you guys, he's found the missing directions. What missing directions? To the treasure of Sara Madre. Nick, 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 Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And on today's episode, uh, we'll be kind of discussing one episode of a show that we chose uh, this week. We chose an episode of Salute Your Shorts. It's the third episode of the first season called Treasure of Sarah Madre. Um, I think uh, it may be available on Amazon. We had kind of a tough time finding it. Uh, If it it is available, you'd have to rent it for (laughs) $1.99. So you'd have to lay down some cash. This show in particular um, hasn't gotten the kind of release that most other shows have it seems like the whole thing hasn't been out yeah no dvd uh i don't even know if it has vhs i mean a few episodes showed up i think on vhs maybe, but nothing not the whole series yeah pretty even though it's pretty short yeah the series yeah um but and there's parts on youtube this episode in particular in particular you can watch parts two and three so you'll miss Miss yeah, the setup. The setup, but we're going to try to make that very clear for you so you can enjoy parts two and three. Um, like Andrew said, it's the uh, season one, episode three. It had the tall task of following up Zeke the Plumber. Yeah, impossible. Which which we'll, I guarantee uh, we'll talk about yeah. at some point. Um, it aired on June 7th, 1991, which is pretty incredible wow. that it was 26 years <laughs> ago. Uh, it's... Yeah, it puts things in perspective. So what I what I decided to do uh, is look up things that happened in June of 1991 to kind of put you, the listener, uh, to give you the 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 setting here to maybe take you back to those golden days that that summer of 1991. So are you ready? Some things that happened. All right. All right so the 45th Tony Awards uh, mm-hmm. took place and Lost in Yonkers uh, won that year. Um, the worst uh, eruption in Japanese history took place hmm. uh, just a few days prior to the airing of this episode. Uh, one day before this episode aired, NBC announced that Jay Leno would be Johnny Carson's successor. So that uh, overshadowed this a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> kids were all abuzz with Jay Leno. Um, on the day this aired uh, in the Philippines, Mount Pinatubo. Uh, erupted for the first time, and it's one of the largest eruptions. Two eruptions, right? Yeah, this time. yeah, and that lasted for like seven seven days. So that was a big yeah. one. On the tenth, David Lynch's Twin Peaks aired its final episode on ABC, hmm. which we're both big fans of. Interesting that you bring that up because uh-huh. uh, they both the series and both of these series were produced by Propaganda Films. Oh wow, that's so, pretty. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Weird. <laughs> Uh, the golden age for propaganda films, I guess. Um, the 45th NBA championship was played and the Chicago Bulls beat the Lakers four games to one. Another golden age for Michael Jordan. Uh, Boris Yeltsin was elected president of the Russian, uh, Russian Mm -hmm. Federation. Uh, South Africa abolished, um, apartheid laws. 
our 12th president, Zachary Taylor's body was exhumed to, they wanted to test him to see if he had been poisoned. This was 10 days after the airing. Did they find out or? Uh, he died of natural causes. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was some suspicion because it was like what he ate and drank mm. that killed him. Killed him. So people thought maybe he had yeah. been poisoned, but just digestion problems, I guess. Uh, the nineteenth on the nineteenth of June, nineteen ninety one, Pablo Escobar surrenders to the police. And twenty fifth, uh, Croatia declared its independence from Yugoslavia. Mm. So it's a pretty uh, eventful month. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are talking the third episode <laughs> of, of Salute One of the most <laughs> eventful parts of that month. Uh, I also looked up the number one movies this month, and I can play a little game here. Uh, you can only pick one. So there was yeah. four number one movies that month. I want to see which one, if you had to stick with one, what, what you'd go with. Okay. So, okay, number one movies in June of 1991 were Backdraft uh, for one week, City Slickers for one week, Robin uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves for two weeks, and Naked Gun two and a half for one week. Wow, you're saying my which perk? one? Yeah, what would you go with there? Probably uh, Robin Hood. Oh, okay. I mean, or wait a minute, which which Robin Hood was it? Not not Men in Tights. Yeah, that's Prince, what I. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Prince of Thieves, which is the serious adaptation of Robin oh. Hood. Um, gosh, yeah. Okay, I guess City Slickers. I okay. don't love that but yeah it has a certain place for me <laughs> okay all right very good what what uh what's your i'd probably go with naked gun two and a half it was just as a yeah, little kid it's pretty silly and fun and i like city slickers a lot i'm in the minority of thinking city slickers two is better <laughs> than one i believe it's called uh-huh. the curse of or curly's treasure i don't know what it's called <laughs> Uh, and the number one song uh, in June of 1991 was "More Than Words" by Extreme. <laughs> a, a classic song. I, it is kind of timeless. I feel like that might be one of those songs that just shows up on the used to show up during the Twilight Zone marathon on those uh, CD commercials, those compilation CD commercials. Oh. Like I would hear oh, it yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah. Like greatest hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It holds up, I guess. I mean, people... <laughs> it was number one for a reason. <laughs> um, all right, so that, that, that I hope that kind of takes you back to June 1991, where you're acutely aware of what's happening in the world, but at the same time, you're tuning into Nickelodeon to watch The Treasure of Sarah Madre. So you ready to talk about the episode? Yeah, yeah. All right, um, let's do it. I think... Uh, well, first of all, it starts out with a uh, Dr. Khan, intri- like bringing the kids together yeah. with uh, one sentence pretty much <laughs> yeah. for all seniors to join me in the lodge for an unveiling ceremony when you get in sit on the couch and take a look at the photograph of miss sarah madre our dearly departed dance counselor sit and admire her inner beauty i was actually surprised how quickly they set up like the entire story yes like 30 seconds in the episode you know exactly what's going on yeah i th- sometimes it seems as though dr khan is just making a joke to start the yeah. episode but in this case he is giving you the entire yeah i pr- wonder it almost. almost makes me wonder if um they had planned that from the beginning or if that was like a last minute we got to explain what's yeah. kind of happening a little bit more although it's not a hard episode i guess sarah madre is there's only two times in the episode where they really get into who she is so yeah th- this being yeah. one of them so that uh itself is kind of weird yeah, I mean, almost a little too 
not morbid exactly, but a little bit on the edge for Nickelodeon, like the yeah. dead counselor. Like, yeah. It's all around that. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Dr. Khan starts with this strange call, which is to pretty much come to the lodge and sit and stare at her picture over the fireplace and behold her. To her. remember her, I <laughs> yeah. guess. Even though none of these kids knew her, I don't think, because it sounded like... Yeah, she died a year before this... If the epi- if we're to believe this episode is airing in 1991 and taking place in 1991, she would have died in 1990. I thought they... Oh, okay. No? I, I, or much I, older. Now I can't remember. I thought it was like 70s, but oh. I didn't... You know what? The picture's black and white, yeah. so maybe... You're, you, I think you're right there. Yeah, they, one way or another, these kids, these kids don't know who Sarah Madre is, but they they all gather in the lodge. They're sitting on the couch, blankly staring at a picture, which is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I, they all thought it was took it very seriously. All yeah. showed up at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I, it, which I never thought about it as a kid, but they're being very obedient to Doctor Khan's <laughs> announcement, yeah. who we never see, uh, but yeah, he's pretty iconic if you like salute your shorts. Yeah. Um, that's when Budnick and Donkey Lips walk into the lodge, and that's when trouble <laughs> starts. Um, so Budnick tells Sponge to catch a soccer ball, which I have no idea why Budnick wants Sponge to catch the soccer ball. Well, do you think I it's think a we setup? find out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't know if it was that deep, honestly. But okay, so Budnick throws the soccer ball, which hits the pitcher of Sarah Madre, which shatters to the floor. Think fast. I always think fast. My brain synapses. You broke the picture of Sarah Madre. What, what do they? Find? What do they find? Uh, <laughs> a crudely drawn treasure map, <laughs> uh, or steps detailing how to find her treasure, which is an interesting thing. Uh, she was burying her paycheck for every week or whatever for some reason they didn't really explain that yeah that's like how her treasure ended up being there yeah a lot Uh, of a lot of loose ends (laughs) when it comes to sarah madre so when the picture shatters budnick claims the directions for himself refusing to let anyone else see them and i i'll play a clip here in a second but i just really thought uh budnick's theory of why he gets to to keep the directions did you catch what he said no uh, hold on, let's play it again. Bodnik, you've got to let us see the directions. Afraid I don't. You don't own that page. Afraid I do. Just because you broke the picture? Look, say you're at a carnival, and you pop a balloon with a dart, you get to keep what's inside, right? Same principle. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely Budnick theory. <laughs> if you went to college and there was a class called Budnick theory, it's like this this, this concept. Yeah, would... I did note it. I didn't uh, write it down, just... Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's funny. Um so what uh so I guess that sets them off. Yes. I mean that's like the premise right there. Right. So we happens know who, right off the bat. <laughs> we know who Sarah Madre is, we know she has a supposed lost treasure. They have the map. Kids are intrigued. Which uh, uh the whole treasure map I like. Um yeah. for I mean just the whole th- for a kid's adventure. You yeah. Know? Classic yeah. Classic kid adventure. Yeah. Um, we, the, at this point, we get a little bit of background. So Sponge, uh, full name Sponge Harris, gives us a brief history of Sarah Madre. He explains that she tragically cha-cha'd off a cliff. Um, 
Yeah, their dance count. She was a dance count. Yeah, but I think her, I think her dance of choice. The episode makes clear is the cha cha, yeah, yeah. um, and he's he's telling this to Michael Stein, who uh, if 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 we were watching this in order, he's the newest camper to Camp Anawana that year. Uh, that it started. Out, I'm not sure. Um, I was looking at the episode order. There's a pilot. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure if I've ever seen the pilot. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I don't know if they air it didn't have much information about it from yeah. what I can tell so I no yeah I, I don't think but yeah, so he's the but, newest but he's the new guy at camp Anawana. um so Michael Stein uh <laughs> he's kind of listening to the story and one thing I thought was really weird was uh well what he says here tasty looking babe there was just something really off-putting about Michael referring to Sarah Madre as a tasty babe oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so, that's good. <laughs> I, the the picture. I mean, this is not an offensively bad looking lady or anything like that. <laughs> she's she's perfectly fine, but it's this. You know, I don't know how old they are. Twelve or Very, quite young. Pretty young. Middle school, maybe a little older than middle school age, and uh, just... it, it's it definitely st- stuck out at me <laughs> as uh, something that maybe they wouldn't say today. Yeah. On something. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does have a line here. Um, I can't remember exactly when it came, mm-hmm. but it's right around here somewhere. Yeah. We don't need no stinking badges. Badges? We don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's apparently a nod to the movie that this was apparently titled after, uh, The Treasure oh. of the Sierra Madre. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just never put that together. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that was like the classic line in the movie. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. back to that. It seemed a bit forced, so that... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. makes sense a little bit, yeah. Um, then we cut to uh, Ugg, oh, our our favorite uh, camp counselor. Um, Ugg is busy landscaping the baseball fields to prepare, to prepare it for pitchers for the new brochure. So Ugg is keeping kids off, and as always, Ugg is really eager to please Dr. Khan. Hey, hey, hey! What are your dirty feet doing on my clean grass? Ugg, I'm Benedict from the... I don't want to hear about it. They're coming to take pictures for the new brochure on Saturday, and Dr. Khan wants to make sure everything's perfect. You're stomping on my grass. Just take off your shoes and get off my playing field. Um, I go ahead. really love his storyline in this, even mm. though I don't think we get enough of it quite. I could use, like, one or two more short clips over to him. Yeah. But uh, him cutting the grass with scissors and measuring it, it's, yeah. like a, it's a great... Yeah, and there's there's a couple, like, homages to westerns where he's like he's, he pulls the yeah. scissors from his holster and whips them around very, with the sound effects very memorable uh i that um when he misses putting the scissors in the thing yeah that was one of my favorite parts yeah. of the episode yeah do you think done on purpose or just they accidental and they thought it was funny it's, it's really hard to tell i like to think it's accidental yeah but yeah so that's that's pretty much our only story beat. The whole episode is the kids going to be competing for the treasure while Ugg also is taking care of the baseball fields. Um, so in the meantime, while Ugg is taking care of the fields, the other kids decide they want to buy the directions off of Bobby Budnick. Um, the boys and girls kind of start arguing over it, kind of puts a splits them up. So boys versus <laughs> yeah. girls now. Um, but Budnick is not going to just hand over the directions and we find out now at this point 
I think is where we kind of definitively find out that Budnick was making this whole thing up. Yeah, yeah. At, at least at least his version of the directions. Yeah. Which he he types up on a typewriter, of course. Yeah, I guess they don't make it up totally apparent whether those original directions were his whether he made those or yeah that's that's kind of where i got confused i just wasn't sure whether he framed the whole thing yeah I, he definitely framed the directions. we see him type the directions yeah. he gives them we know that's a that's a con i guess i was thinking that um it made more sense that he made up the whole thing, mm-hmm. but then what happens later kind of makes less sense if he made up the whole thing. Yeah, the ending. We don't want to spoil yeah. too much now, yeah. but so, yeah, what happens at the end of the episode would imply that he thinks there is some truth uh, to the legend of her treasure. Either way, he he writes these directions. Uh, they negotiate a little bit, and eventually they settle on. Um, the boys and the girls have to give over 80% of whatever they find to Budnick and Donkey Lips, and uh, as well as their boom boxes. Yeah, the boom boxes was the big, <laughs> the big thing. He collected five different boom boxes. Yeah. At, at which point they will play at full volume, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I also thought 80% was a strange number to hold out on. Uh, they, Budnick they... just had all the power. <laughs> he, I'm, Budnick... And they're, got, they're caught up in this idea of this treasure at this point. They think it's going to be so much and so yeah. valuable. They're like... Rewatching this episode, one thing... We talked about it a little bit last week. You picked Budnick as your yeah. Yeah. your enemy. And I really don't. I Watching this episode, I, I Budnick is a true jerk. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I thought you were going to defend him there for a second, <laughs> but uh, I agree. He's being a total jerk to Donkey Lips, especially during it, who's yeah. his only... ally it it almost makes it worse because donkey lips is so trusting and wants to be friends with budnick but at all times budnick pretty much seems to be this he will he will in this episode he'll definitely screw him over uh big time yeah so at this point he's already kind of um being a jerk to everybody around him i mean taking advantage of all of them there's not one person (laughs) in the episode at this point that should be on budnick's side but donkey lips being I, I didn't consider him for good friend last week, but yeah, he, he is a pretty is loyal friend. Um, so, all right, the directions are out to the kids. Budnick's got his boom boxes. Uh, Sponge and Michael decide uh, to find the treasure using the cha-cha dance that they believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, we follow them. Say? It says take six cha-cha-chas from the fireplace. Take three rumbas to the right. What does all this stuff mean? Well, Sir Maju was a dance teacher, remember? Cha-cha's a dance term. It's probably what she used to measure when she had the money. So all we gotta do is start the fireplace, Ann. Do we really have to dance together? We wanna find the treasure. This leads to a pretty long montage. I would say an odd montage because they say they're gonna find the the treasure using the cha-cha, but I noted that they, while looking for the treasure, did high high leg kicks. Uh, They danced like you know the Egyptian I, dance. I think they made a a little mention to mm-hmm. a different to different dances uh-huh. being in the direction yeah. at some point. Um, so I guess that was supposed to be that happening. Yeah, uh, all the different dances. Like I guess we assume that each dance has a different like length. Yeah, <laughs> it, which was always a little. I, I remember thinking about that as a kid watching this. Like, would there be that big of a difference between just walking? this no. i mean it's for the story it's good it can't but... be that 
it can't be that different because the dance moves they are doing don't really change the pace in which they're moving. I just think, I don't think the montage is very good. Uh, I noted that it was 45 seconds long and it felt longer in my opinion because it's cutting back and forth between the boys and the girls doing the dances and it was just too wacky for my for my liking. I was not as upset about it as that, but you know, I get, I get it. I, this is this would have been a useful time to maybe. That's forty five seconds we could have watched Ugg in the baseball. Field. <laughs> that's true. That, I would have rather had Ugg, but uh, that this did come in, in. I think this was like right a, during the first half, still like right before you can kind of tell there's commercial break. Yeah. Um, and I felt that first half was very long. Like, the whole idea of getting out there was kind of stretched out for right. the entire yes. first half. It's um, a little thin on story, yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah, so the kids are the kids are uh, doing their dances. Uh, it cuts back. Budnick and Donkey Lips are enjoying. Um, oh, hold on. <laughs> can I play this clip? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. The Budnick Summer Concert Series presents On box number one, Metallica On box number two, Whitesnake On three, four, and five, we have Nuclear Winter! So, <laughs> so that's the Budnick Summer Concert Series Which uh, featured such bands as Metallica, Whitesnake, and Nuclear, Nuclear Winter Winter, yeah <laughs> Um, that was the only band that, until today, I wasn't sure was a real band. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked it up, I was like, oh, I guess this was a real thing at the time. But the song they played in the episode is definitely not <laughs> Nuclear Winter, right? The, the song right here. <laughs> um, it sounds like stock music. Yeah. But I guess I don't Too- know for sure. It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting though because it would be shocking if they had the money to put a real song by anybody into it at that, the time. That's true. That's true. But what I found odd is that Don Gillip says Metallica and White Snake as if they're just common, yeah. you know, <laughs> peasant the openers, and then they go bazonkers <laughs> for Nuclear Winter. That uh, must have been like one of the writers' favorite bands or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're they're living it up. They got all five boom boxes around their cabin, um, yeah, which was a little odd. I yeah. mean, they didn't. You didn't actually hear all the bands trying to compete for uh, no. sound space. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, goofy. So then, at the same time that Budnick and Donkey Lips are rocking out, the girls and boys are starting to realize now that they've been set up. Well, they run into each other. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so they realize they have the same... They both receive sets of directions from Budnick. They've both been set up. Um, Interestingly, yeah. their first move is to split up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the moment they find out, it's like, all right, well... You know, go our own ways. Yeah. Didn't really make that much sense, but it, but I liked the ensuing uh, like dirt fight and stuff. You know, I didn't like it. Oh, no, I, that was good. Uh, I for the sequences, I didn't particularly enjoy. That felt like they were dragging. I I, I tried to record how how much time they took. So that's 
it was just a lot of bickering, and I, it took about three minutes from from the time they realize something's going on. They they start yelling at each other, then they start digging, then they start throwing dirt at each other. Again, if we just had a clip over to Ugg during this, it really <laughs> yeah. would have pulled things together. I yeah. think it, you could, it would have felt like more time was passing for yeah. the kids, and you came back to them. Right, and we would have got more Ugg. Which and I think good. a treasure hunt should be interesting enough that you don't need. You don't need a lot of the the, the boys and girls fighting. I, that, to me, that's not as entertaining as if you were just to actually have a treasure yeah, hunt episode. I, I felt like that was the kind of catalyst to move the story in another direction. Yeah. Um, breaking them all apart to bring them all back together. Yeah. You know, yeah. Force them to work together, to learn how to work together. Yeah, so. that's that's nice, I guess. Um, they do eventually find a box in which Sponge predicts that he thinks there's quote a trillion smackaroos in, um, but no such luck. Uh, oh, uh, there's something about. Well, first of all, for some reason, um, this box always seemed really memorable to me as yeah, a kid, and I true. think part of that is because. The zoom in and zoom out on the holding that box and going to the commercial break is like yeah. way too long. Uh, <laughs> Just focus on that box. That's probably yeah. That's that's true. That's a good point. But um, uh, also, I don't know if you noticed when they're all like piling on each other, trying to get to the box. Oh yeah. Um, there's a clip of Sponge saying, "Uh oh." Well, let's listen to it. Yeah. This squishing his leg uh, (laughs) clip, Um, they play it three separate (laughs) times, and I'm pretty sure it's the exact same clip. It's just an odd, it was weird. Uh, Weird editing choice. Do you know who the editor was in this episode? I do not. Nor do I. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, the the box, I I agree, the box is memorable, but what's inside the box is uh, junk, and so they're happy to give what they found. Cigar? stuff and uh, (laughs) well donkey lips is really excited about what's in the box which yeah do you do you have the items uh cigar stub and some kind of bug a dead bug yeah uh, an old coffee can oh oh. um yeah Uh, these are all the items they found like ended up finding yes and then okay yeah Yeah. and they they go on to dump them over budnick's head you know here's your treasure you can have a hundred percent uh and donkey lips is kind of sitting there really entertained um, but with the items is an old hat, uh, which appears to be the same hat Sarah was wearing in the pictures. Uh, so this convinces Budnick that there really is a treasure, even though he made up the direction. <laughs> that's, that's where the him making up the directions becomes questionable. Yeah. Cause if he didn't, if he did make them up, then it really doesn't make sense. Like why he thinks, even if they did find something, yeah, how he thinks that could possibly have been real. Yeah, it's doesn't make it's questionable, but (laughs) you know it. It It moves the story along. Yeah, so it's also weird because Budnick wants the original directions from Donkey Lips, which would also imply that oh, those originals that oh yeah, original then because Donkey Donkey Lips doesn't have it right because he uses it for toilet paper. So if it was an original, he just gave it away and it it doesn't. (laughs) It falls apart. But, so yeah, he wants the original directions. Don Kilips, uh confesses that he's used the original as toilet paper, which also makes no sense. Uh, so he returns the boomboxes, 
because he wants the directions back that he gave oh, to Sponge and yeah. Michael. So he must have... Oh, well... Yeah, so he must have copied the directions over exactly whatever those directions were, whether he made them up or not. Yeah. He must have... Co- when he made the <laughs> copies for the other kids. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. But either... Uh, well, he tries to get them from Michael and Sponge, but they've used them as art directions. Or, or, or an art project, sorry. And then uh, he goes to the girls. He's he, he's got to give the boom boxes back, but they do. They... Uh, they give the direction back in the form of a paper airplane, which is another sequence that takes forever. Uh, yeah, an interesting choice to really stick with that joke. paper airplane yeah. for so long. They could have um, just tossed it and moved on, but no, you follow the paper overplane, paper, paper airplane through a field, through, through the like trees. Through the entire camp somehow. Pretty much out of state. Uh, it lands in a swamp. Uh, so that's where we meet Budnick and Donkey Lips. Uh, and they agree that they're going to split the treasure. So now they're in it together. Yeah. Um, and and they they like search for the paper airplane. Is it yeah. like dark out when they're searching? It takes them so long that I think it becomes dark. <laughs> yeah. They bring the directions back to the bunk. Yeah. And they pretty much, they agree they're going to split it, but then they get into like a stare off. Yeah, uh, they just don't trust each other. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything set that off that miss. Well, the kids start the other ones that already got. I think this. They don't outright say this yeah. until later, but <clears throat> it turn. You know, you see the other kids um, tricking them into thinking that the other ones are going after the treasure when the other when the yeah. other's not looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're just so they don't trust each other, and they're. Why yeah. they don't go out immediately and look for it, I don't know. But they spend the next twelve hours or so uh, yes. until, <laughs> watching each other in, until it's right the the dead of night, and that's yeah. when they decide. That's when this they... is a good time for shoveling. <laughs> they can't see anything. Right. So they go out. They start digging. Um, oh, I had a good uh, uh, insult from Budnick. Yeah, you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. File, huh? I'll file him under D for dead donkey. Oh. <laughs> file him under D for dead donkey. Uh, it was just a poor. It was poor, but it was uh, delivered again, well. It, it's classic Budnick, which is yeah, totally even true. his insults are maddeningly bad. Yeah. Everything about the dude is bad to the yeah. Bone. Nothing makes sense. He just hates everyone for no reason. Yeah, I, I'd be. I bet Budnick's backstory is pretty troubling. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so they, they, anyways, they, they split the directions. They go out digging. Uh, when they start digging, Budnick has Donkey Lips sign a contract. Uh, oh, and, wait, before this. Yeah. Just before this, there's a good, another good uh, line. Oh, let's, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. There it is. Ooh, Sierra Madre. <laughs> Something about that. The, the boys at this camp are gaga for Sarah, Sarah Madre. Um, um, but now that now that I'm thinking about it, now that we've talked about it, uh, I kind of like that. It kind of adds a funny element to the episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this also happened to be just uh, when they were staring at each other in the bunk. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm not sure if we hear it other times, but we hear uh, Donkey Lips' real name in this one. Oh, I, I think I missed it. Eddie C. Gelfand. Eddie C. Gelfand. Yeah. Okay. 
They never really explain where exactly donkey lips came from. I'm not sure what that's supposed to... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting that the show made the decision to call a lot of the characters by nicknames rather than Sponge, Donkey Lips, Budnick. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know if Telly or ZZ are their first names, I guess. I I guess they're kind of like short names of their names. Oh, and... uh, here we have another dancing sequence. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, but Nick and Donkey Lips join hands and start dancing into the night, uh, much to my displeasure. <laughs> uh, so as they dance into the night, as I was mentioning a little earlier, Bud Nick eventually has Donkey Lips sign this contract. He pretty much just tells him it's a standard contract, you know, that 12-year-old sign. And uh, Donkey Lips happily signs it, not knowing what he's signing. But we, the audience, of course, know that Budnick is being Budnick and uh, <laughs> just yeah. giving a uh, donkey lips. Yeah, really sticking it to donkey lips yeah. again at the end. <laughs> just nothing redeeming here. Uh, so the they sign the contract. Uh, they dig all night, and the other kids reveal that uh, as they're digging, the other kids kind of circle around the hole, and they have a good hearty laugh here as the boys have dug a pretty deep hole. I kind of like the throwing the hat in the hole and it's, oh yeah and donkey lips thinks it's sarah madre talking yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is a good joke that is pretty funny and it's uh of course you can't really have an episode without budnick getting his come up yeah yeah and which rightly so yeah i think it's oh, great especially in this episode i think yeah. it's per- really uh he usually does a good moment he when there's episodes where he's really yeah yeah I'm again to go back to Zeke the plumber. That's another oh, one I can yeah. think of where he's really gone wow. out of his way to be cruel to everyone. Yeah, and within two of the first three episodes at least, yeah, it follows pretty <laughs> much the same pattern, uh, which is interesting. But either way, at this point, it's revealed that the tables have turned, and <laughs> Budnick and Donkey Lips have been set up. Um, so uh, they they feel stupid, but at the last second, uh, Donkey Lips. Shovel hits something metal. You stooge! How could you get me into this? Me? It's your fault! And I'm sick of your scams! I quit! Hey, you hit something! It's metal! Maybe there really is treasure down here! Alright, out of my way! Out of my way! I'm not gonna fall for a triple back burn! But Budnick, we didn't bury anything! This is gonna be my fortune! I've struck gold! I've struck silver! I've struck... A water main! Uh, so, water starts spraying everywhere, which leads to Budnick and Donkey Lips kind of scrambling to get out of this hole, but it's too wet, so they're, you know, making a mess, and the water is, we now see, coming out of a giant hole in the middle of Ugg's baseball field. <laughs> Which, to me, is kind of the highlight of the episode yeah, I, here. Even though the episode did very little to reward us with Doug's, or I'm sorry, Ugg's effort to keep take care of the baseball field, we now see Ugg about to like just a explode. A perfect reaction. That anger, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they close up on his eyes, yeah. just like unable to react. He's so furious. Yeah. Uh, Ugg, um, the guy who plays him, Kirk Bailey, he was really perfect at 
being the adult surrounded by children who really wanted to play it cool but was damaged yeah. a little bit yeah. and so had some anger issues uh, and he's very animated oh yeah. good with that stuff yeah. real animated stuff i think I, I think there are parts of salute shorts mm-hmm. that don't hold up the way you kind of imagine in your head but a lot of the performances are really good yeah kids uh but ug in particular is <laughs> very funny yeah. um, um i am glad that donkey lips got out of the hole I mean, the timing yeah. was a little weird, but yeah. I think it's believable enough. Yeah. I'm glad that he got away, that it was just... Definitely. Just Budnick that <laughs> got uh, caught. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good feeling. So, Ugg Ugg is wh- not pleased, of yeah. course. Yeah. That's why I thought, like, a little bit more Ugg during the episode. By the time you get to that point, it would really be, be like... A, be uh, a payoff. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it still it, is, but it would be more so. It, it would have been delightful to watch Ugg just manicure this field. Yeah, they could have come up with a couple more funny things. Hit, like tricks that yeah, he was using yeah, yeah. to take care of it. Or even like photographing the field yeah. would have been fun to watch. This uh, actually kind of makes me think of the Pete and Pete, the uh, where his dad's taking care of his lawn. Yeah, the July 4th. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that they did it a little bit better. Like, yeah. In terms of... Uh, the stakes yeah of and what was that what was at stake yeah, yeah. like yeah. building everything up and yeah. you seeing him do a lot of different things to yes. the yard that's a yeah that's a really good point that that this is an okay episode but it, the payoff would have been more rewarding had you felt i don't know a little more bad you, for ug yeah you just need you to just bad, spend but... more time out there with him yeah. in the grass yeah to really care by the end yeah. one thing i'm just thinking of now is I, those directions did, did the kids purposely set them up so they'd end up in Ugg's field that was what I came to believe because that's pretty yeah. mean of the <laughs> other <true>. kids <laughs> totally messed up Ugg's field wow. just to catch Budnick I mean they never really give Ugg a break but yeah that seems yeah. particularly cruel <laughs> ruthless yeah so that's kind of how our episode ends. Dr. Khan gives us a quick closing here, yeah. saying that he's been trying to brush his teeth, uh, but there's no water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, of course, ties into the episode, but it's also very funny to think that the camp counselor is making this announcement to the yeah. entire camp. Um, um, that uh, Khan, Dr. Khan mm-hmm. is actually Steve Slavkin. Yeah. Um, the... Is he the executive or he created? He's the creator, okay. yeah, Steve Slavkin. Um, and I saw, I watched a little interview with him talking oh. about it, and he said that Dr. Khan came out of having to like fill an extra minute of airtime, oh. and so he would go in and do a couple yeah. jokes as him. Yeah, ending every episode with just Dr. Khan and that kind of fun music playing behind it. A lot of times he just rattles on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, his voice is really memorable. Mm-hmm. Just. And I think, I think that's something that probably ages better with time. As an adult, yeah. I'm, I, I find it funnier than I think when I was a kid, which was I, when Dr. Khan started talking, I was pretty much turning off the episode. Yeah, yeah, you uh, just didn't really think about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that might apply to Ugg, too, just yeah. being older, appreciating the older characters yeah. now and what they're doing. Yeah, N- Nickelodeon definitely had some pretty weird... <laughs> adult characters um so that that kind of concludes our episode um but we want to do something here called bios trivia 
Ratings and Stray Observations. Hi, this is Bios, Trivia, Ratings, and Stray Observations. So we're going to start with bios. We're going to talk a little bit about the people in the show, maybe what they're doing now or what other stuff they have done. Uh, do you want to start? I really didn't look up any. I, all I had was Steve Slavkin for this. Oh, Slavkin. Yeah. Any, did you find anything else he had been a part of? Or um, He did a couple episodes of some other random shows. The The extreme Ghostbusters was like <laughs> the most, like, the thing that you might know. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I did see he did one episode of Even Stevens. Oh. Yeah. I Maybe. Yeah, I guess I missed that. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. But uh, he wrote. He's mostly a writer. It yeah, seems writer. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, just for bios, I, I figure we'll probably talk about Salute Your Shorts again sometime, so I'm not going to talk too much about the kid actors, but um, I was interested in some of the people behind the camera. So I, I looked at I looked at uh, Larry Lipton who directed the episode and Larry Lipton directed three episodes of Salute Your Shorts. Hmm. Uh, he he did this one. He also directed Donkey Lips and Sponge Way In, which I think is a pretty memorable episode. That's where oh yeah, that's Donkey a great Lips one. is trying to lose weight so he can get yeah. the uh, lobster dinner. Yeah. Uh, and then he also did um, Toilet Seat Basketball, which is where Telly is running the camp on a want a basketball team, but nobody's trying. And hmm. they don't like her because she's so mean, so Budnick becomes the coach. That one I don't remember. Um, I'll, we're going to talk a little more about that one in a second yeah. when we talk about ratings. But So those are the three episodes he did. I think this one and um, Donkey Lips Ways In are pretty memorable. Yeah. Uh, the director also, uh, he mostly does, he's mostly worked in recent years as an assistant director. So uh, he worked on the original, he was the assistant director on the original Teen Wolf. Hmm. Uh, which is cool. And then he's done some assistant directing on Walker, Texas Ranger and the new version of Knight Rider, which is unfortunate, but um, so that's all I could find on Larry Lipton. I also saw the other writer on the episode besides Slavkin was a guy named Thomas Hill. And I just, yeah. uh, I just wanted to bring him up because I saw that he wrote, uh, not, I'm, we'll probably talk about it at some point. One of my favorite episodes of Pete and Pete, which was the call. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a great one. With with that in your credits, I can't believe he hasn't done more. But <laughs> was it just this and that? Or what? Um, or he, he just had he, a few credits. He wrote two episodes of Salute Your Shorts. One episode of the only episode of Pete and Pete he wrote was the call. Wow. Um, yeah, that was good enough to wonder what somebody just missed him or something yeah yeah. if yeah if you guys don't remember the call that's the episode where it's the phone that won't stop ringing in the middle of an empty lot uh which is we'll definitely talk about that episode one day it's just i I think it's great um the producers on the show uh, a guy named tim clausen he he's also been a production manager on some pretty big movies actually silver linings playbook death proof being john malkovich um Hmm. and uh Let's see. Uh, uh, Thomas Hill, um, with Steve Slavkin, wrote the wrote a book that the show was based on. Oh, um, it's called "Salute Your Shorts: Life at Summer Camp." Oh, this w- was before the show. Yeah, and this is how they kind of got to doing the show. Like they had this and then pitched it, I guess. And that's pretty interesting. Yeah, cool. Um. Yeah, that's all I had for bios. I just looked at director, writer, and producer. Um, 
we'll we'll talk about salute your shirts again and we'll talk more about kind of what the kids are up to some of them are still acting some of them are lawyers yeah. and things like that but um yeah all right so then let's let's move on to uh any trivia you had um i just have one little piece uh-huh. um Apparently, and I've seen this mentioned multiple places. Apparently, a rubber chicken with a cigarette in its mouth uh-huh. is like a was at least on the set for every episode. Uh, there seems to be um, some debate as to whether it appears in every episode. I didn't see it. I was looking for it in this yeah. one, but supposedly it was there. So it's huh. in some episodes at least. It, it's. The equivalent of uh, Superman and Seinfeld. Yeah. Where yeah, you're just apparently to... it's somewhere in the yeah. episode. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I didn't really find any trivia. There's just not a ton out there for Salute Your Shorts. But I did pay attention to some things. I, w- I just was interested yeah. to see what your answers would be okay. to these. So how many kids or adults in the episode were wearing Camp Anawana shirts? Oh, boy. <laughs> I definitely did not make a note of it. Uh, I'm going to say... I figure there's like six or seven of them total. Mm -hmm. Four? You got it. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there were four Camp Anawana shirts. Um, Donkey Lips wears two of them. He wears a red one and a blue one in the episode. Uh, The other two belong to ZZ. She's wearing a pink Camp Anawana shirt, and uh, one belongs to Ugg in the entire episode. He's wearing a white Camp Anawana shirt. Uh, so, just something I was kind of looking for. Um, I guess some trivia might be super obvious, but maybe not. I, it actually took me much, a really long time to realize this, but ca- the name of the camp is just a play on I don't want to. Like, I don't want to go oh, to camp. Huh. Camp Anawana. Yeah, I, no. I've I, I, <laughs> I never heard of it? No. I, 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 I only learned that like a year ago, but yeah, uh, it's it sounds like I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then one other thing I was looking for, and I will continue to if we do more Salute Short episode reviews, uh, how many other campers are in the episode besides our main characters? Extras. Yeah, it can't be many. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there were any in this episode. <laughs> They're really tough to spot, but there are some. Do you, uh, okay, I'll just say three. Four. Yeah. Four, hmm. yeah, yeah. So there's two girls sitting in the lodge behind the other kids, and they appear all four times in the lodge, the same girls. And I'm pretty sure they're wearing the same clothes hmm. every time, so I'm just assuming <laughs> they shot everything in one day in these two <laughs> girls. Uh, from, if you look in the background, I think they're either playing chess or checkers, uh, but they're sitting at a back table... Um, and then there's two guys at one point also in the lodge with the girls, uh, during, um, the scene where Donkey Lips and Sponge are playing chess, um, which is, uh, yeah, yeah, which is kind of a one-off scene where... (laughs) (laughs) That's another one I was gonna mention, um, at first glance it looked like all the pieces were black, and then uh, I realized I think it's just because of the poor video quality. I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, what's the main ki- or the kid's name that's talking to them? The kid that's new at camp. Uh, Michael. Um, Michael Stein. <laughs> Michael. Um, he does like a you know yeah. jump, yeah. whole jumping all across yeah. the board thing. Real cocky. Very, yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, just, to, just to go back to something you were just saying, one thing about Salute Your Shorts is I do think it's maybe the worst visual visually the worst show from 90s Nickelodeon. The way it was filmed, hmm. you could tell it was filmed on tape. And it looks pretty poor on... Mm. Well, the one that I was watching looks very poor. Yeah. But I can't... I, I feel like I would need a... A clean... A clean, like, DVD version of it yeah, to really be able maybe. to tell. Maybe. Um, what I do like about it, and we've talked about this before, is... Um, that at least in this episode, and I think most of that show takes place a lot outside. So you're just outside during yeah. most of the episode. It feels good. I really yeah. like that. This is mentioned a couple places too. It's the only Nickelodeon show that was, or I don't think. Well, I guess Hey Dude was was as well, but shot on location somewhere. Yeah, else out of in California, I think somewhere. That oh, was it, California. I, I think it was California. No, at some point. Well, I read that they didn't want to, I think, oh, they didn't want to move to Florida when Nickelodeon yeah. Studios. They, for the third season, I think they wanted to move it. Yeah. And the kids' families pretty much said no, yeah. and so the show fell apart. But, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Hey Dude's another good example. They filmed that in Arizona. For the most part, they're on a set somewhere. But, uh, yeah, I think we're in agreement that, like, shows like Salute Your Shorts and Pete and Pete, where you can tell they actually filmed somewhere, is yeah. a big benefit to the show. Alright, um, any stray observations? I think I pretty much went over them <laughs> with, during the episode, okay. actually. Sorry. No, that's cool. Couple things I, couple things I saw was, uh, a question Donkey Lips poses to Sponge I thought was interesting was how much money he would need to buy, uh, a Captain Pluck's Hacienda franchise, which I... <laughs> I'm assuming is a made-up <laughs> franchise, but um, it just struck me that Donkey Lips is already planning to be a, a restaurant owner, uh, and also that Budnick is going to use his money. Did you catch what he's going to use oh, his money on? I caught one of them, uh-huh. the personal hovercraft. The hovercraft, yes. <laughs> I, I uh, forgot to uh, um, He also wanted a milkshake dispenser, mm, which um, seems like you don't need to find a treasure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, but Nick shooting for the stars. All right, let's move on to ratings. Um, IMDb rated this episode a seven point nine, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty good on IMDb to give you uh, that that for salute shorts. That's pretty much dead middle. So I looked up the lowest rated episode and the highest rated. Yeah. Uh, the lowest rated episode actually was one of the Larry Lipton directed episodes, Toilet Seat Basketball, which was rated seven point two. Oh. So that oh. would be the low mark, seven point two. And the high mark is a tie between Zeke the Plumber and Sponge Goes to the Movies, which were both 8.7. Oh, I do like Sponge Goes to the Movies. Where they sneak out and he yeah. has a date. And, yeah, yeah, that is very good. That's a good one. Um, so 7.2 being the lowest, 8.7 being the highest. This this episode was 7.9, which would be average for a Salute Your Shorts That's episode. pretty high, though. I mean, in, in the in world the IMDb of world, ratings. it's practically <laughs> like top 500. <laughs> um but we're going to talk about our ratings. Uh, so our, skit, our we've decided for our ratings we're going to do what? Uh, Kreb stars. Kreb stars. <laughs> for um, non-Pete and Pete aficionados, uh, Kreb is the brand that comes up pretty often. They um, make everything in Wellsville. I think yeah. Kreb star might come up as like the shoes. Or Wait, is it Kreb star or is Kreb? Kreb it, is... Like, 
it's like a prefix to a lot of things, right? Crab. It pretty much comes yeah. before every... It's the company that makes all... All their products. All like their products. Everything they yes, use, pretty gu- much. Guitar, radio, <laughs> microphone. Uh, underwear. Um, yeah, everything. <laughs> Kreb is... So we figured our ratings would be Kreb stars. Yeah, Kreb stars, perfect, and I we're, think. We're going to do them out of five. Yeah. So With halves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll start. I... I <laughs> I liked this episode a lot. I feel like it had a lot of low points, but I gave mm-hmm. it four out of five Crep stars. Man, that's, <laughs> that's way too high. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, well, oh well, I really liked. I think the premise of the episode really was the deciding factor for me. Okay. Um, I just loved the treasure map, the treasure hunt. Uh, plus, Ugg's storyline is great. Even though you don't get enough of it, I still love it. I just think it's a really good adventure episode. I, I definitely remember it. Um, it's it's an episode... So when we talked about what episode... I think you suggested this one, and it's one that definitely, when I when you hear the title, you're like, oh yeah, I remember yeah. the episode from when I was a kid. Uh, I think they aired it a lot. Um, but I, I went with a 2.5. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm going wow. 50% here. I think, <laughs> That's crazy. I think, I think it's not the worst episode of Salute Your Shorts. It's nowhere near the best episode of Salute Your Shorts. I remembered it more fondly than when I watched it. Hmm. Uh, there was just a lot of moments where it was taking too much time. The, the, I did not enjoy the dance montages. I didn't like the dirt fight. Um, I do think Ugg was way underused in the episode, um, and even through our discussion, it became even more evident that not a lot of it made sense when you start breaking it I agree. It, down. it had a lot of weak points. Um, something about it has stuck with me for this long, and I, fe- I kind of feel the magic of it still, <laughs> watching the episode. I'm like, yes, I remember... Uh, liking getting out there with them, like outside of the camp rules, you know. Uh, I just, I, I think there's one, I th- but there's and episodes, as as, but there's episodes of Salute Your Shorts where they definitely get further out of. Camp. I agree. I'm not saying it's the best episode mm-hmm. of the show. Four is pretty high. It's one of my more. <laughs> All right. I just think I think in. If we... I'd say it's probably in like the top two, top half of the episodes, and I just. I tend to, uh, I really like Salute Short, so mm-hmm. I'd probably, they gotta really mess up for me to knock it below three stars, I probably. Just, I, th- I think when we get into some territory where we're talking five episodes, if this one's a four, I think you're gonna end up feeling like maybe a little too high. I think in this case, I feel you, but <laughs> for me personally, I, I think I feel good about that rating. All right. All right. So there you have it. Andrew gives the treasure of Sarah Madre a four, and I'm going with a 2.5. We start far apart, but that's all right. That's all right. Um, before we go, I thought I'd ask, did you ever attend an overnight camp during the summer? Not not as part no, of like a school. Just or, school type yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Same. Did you? No. Yeah. Even though I felt like I could relate to the episode, I realize now that I had no reason to feel that I could relate to it. I, I remember even thinking as a kid, like, I really liked um, the kid dynamic, all the kids being around each other and stuff, but I never thought, oh, now I want to go to camp. <laughs> it seemed like the worst. Yeah, they didn't really seem to enjoy it. No, yeah, 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 yeah. they were always trying to get out. Yeah. They just like... Yeah. All right. Cool. So that that wraps up um, Salute Your Shorts, The Treasure of Sarah Madre. 
Um, but we're going to do something new next, uh, yeah, so a new topic next week. Next week, uh, we're going to do another top five episode. Um, but this time it'll be our top five one-off characters. Yeah. So any character that shows up once yep. in during a series uh, is fair game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am completely unprepared for this, so it should be... <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of options, but yeah. I, I have some ideas floating around in my head already. Cool. Yeah, all right. Well, if you guys could give me any suggestions, uh, there's a couple ways you can give me suggestions on one-off characters. That would be to contact us on Twitter. Uh, we're at BOC Podcast, and we thank anybody who can, who's added us this week and is following. Uh, it's really cool. We like hearing from you guys. Yeah, we read the comments. Yeah, yeah, it's really... We I, I don't think either of us expected that anybody would listen to yeah. this besides maybe a few <laughs> close friends, but it seems like some people are, so we, we really appreciate that. Um, you could also email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. We, do, we, we check our email, so if you have a suggestion or an idea or a recommendation, go ahead and shoot us an email. Uh, you can follow us on Podbean or on iTunes. You can leave us a comment. We got our first comment on iTunes, so shout out to Cap'n Vic. Uh, I think that's supposed to be like Captain Vic. Uh, we really appreciate any, like I said, any feedback. So it's really cool. And the most helpful thing you could do is just, as I said last week, tell a friend, make a recommendation. If you have a friend out there that likes 90s Nickelodeon, then by God, tell them about Big Orange Couch. Um, but I think that's it for this week, yeah? Yeah. Sounds good. Good time. More than words to show you feel that's your love. Ward.